morning.
Thank you. You may be seated. now? Yeah. Well, good morning and welcome. It's a great day to be um, in the house of the Lord. And just a reminder as we sang that first song that we are all welcome um, through Jesus at the table that the Lord provides for us. It's a great day. I'm glad to see you, whether you're joining online. I think there's a couple people there, whether you're here in person. Um, it's good to see you. It's good to be together. And as we are reminded um, in the video that we saw just a little bit earlier, isn't it wonderful that you know, Jesus doesn't give up on anybody. And think about where you would have been if Jesus would have given up on you or I would have been. And so it's just a reminder that the power of the gospel still transforms lives. And we have opportunity to be a part of that through our, through our giving, through our prayers, and through our going. And so we are thankful for the work of the North American Mission Board. And we're thankful that we can participate through the Annie Armstrong Easter offering. So if you haven't made your contribution, um, please pray about that and please give. We're a little over $900 um, so far. Our goal is $3,500. And so um, just give generously and know that all of that goes to fund mission work here in North America. If you're visiting this morning, and we do have some guests that I'll introduce in just a second, um, it is good to see you. We're glad to have you here this morning, and we would love to share information with you, communicate with you if you would like us to. There's a little card in the bulletin. looks just like this. And just you jot your name on there, and the best way to contact you um, has phone and email, but if you prefer um, you know, smoke signals or something like that, just mark it on there, and we'll do what we can. Um, we would love to be in contact with you. We'd love to pray with you, so if you have prayer requests, just share that um, as well. Just let us know, is it okay to send that out over email, or would you rather us keep that in the office, and we'll honor that as well. I want to highlight just a, a couple of things um, before Deborah Williamson comes and tells us about our upcoming ministry fair. Um, we've mentioned Annie Armstrong. The next thing is just to tell you on April the 1st, um, we have a team formed to participate in the City of Burleson's Trash Bash. It's a service opportunity. It's a chance to be outdoors in the community, not only picking up trash, but also just being a positive witness for the kingdom. So if you um, have not signed up for that, it's not too late. There's a sign-up sheet back there on the little table. Just feature and put your name on there and let us know. Um, Rich and Sue Moore are our team captains, and um, they will be glad to know that we are joining along with them in that endeavor. Men, let me just remind you, tomorrow morning, men's breakfast, 6.30 at the Elk Diner. And as always, our Wednesday activities are, um, we have lunch at 11 with Bible study, and we'd love for you to be a part of that. We have prayer meeting on Wednesday evenings at 6.30. And now Deborah is going to come and tell you a little bit more about the ministry fair that's only a week away from today. Good morning. Um, I mentioned last week about the ministry fair, and I've had some people ask me some questions. So I'll try to cover those just in case you have them in your mind, but you've not conveyed them yet. Um, it starts at 915 doesn't mean you have to be here at 9.15, but if you're an early riser and you're ready to go, come on in and look around at 9.15, get an idea of what's going on in the church, what committees, where you could serve. The whole purpose of our ministry fair is to fill um, 
committees and provide an opportunity for people to serve at Cross Timber. We don't want to be hearers only. We want to be doers of the word. So there are lots of places you could serve. If you served in a particular place for a long time, like over three years, you might consider giving that up and serving someplace else. Okay? We, we don't get new ideas if everybody stays in the same place. Okay? So the idea is for us to begin to function as a body uh, should function here across Timber. So I encourage you to come. We'll have tables on both sides of the auditorium here. At, when you get out of Sunday school, come on, take a look. People will be around, ask questions. Um, and then after church, we'll have, uh, you know, bring a covered dish so we can share some food. Um, I will say, just so you understand, just because you sign up at a particular ministry does not mean you'll be on that committee. Because we have a process here at Cross Timber where it has to come through nominating. So the nominating committee will get all that information, and then they will make those nominations to our church at our next business meeting. Okay? So sign up for more than one if you want to. It's okay. Wherever God leads you, that's where you need to be. And all of us really need to be serving somewhere. Okay? If you have any other questions, feel free to ask me. Thank you, Deborah. While you're turning to 1 Peter, we're going to be reading through in chapter 1. I want to take a second just to introduce our, our special guest. Um, we have with us this morning Bob Massey. Um, I would most um, identify Bob as a friend, but if you want something that sounds really official, Bob is Bob Massey is Pastor Emeritus at Grace Bible Fellowship in Keller, Texas, um, which means um, he's in ministry and you never get to actually retire. He, uh, pa he pastored Grace Works Southwest here in Burleson for almost 20 years. Um, he and his wife, Sandy, are with us. They both um, grew up in West Texas. They went to Texas Tech. Um, they came to Burleson for a while. They left, and then they came back because Burleson is a great place. They live in Joshua. And Bob is going to be um, bringing our message this morning, sharing with us um, from the Word. And we are so excited that you are here, and we look forward to hearing from you like us to read this morning from first peter chapter one we're going to read together the first nine verses and then the deacons will come and and lead us in prayer before we re receive our offering peter writes these words peter an apostle of jesus christ to those who are elect exiles of the dispersion in pontus galatia cappadocia asia and bithynia according to the foreknowledge of god the father and the sanctification of the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ and for sprinkling with His blood. May grace and peace be multiplied to you. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. 
Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not see him, now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. The song I'm going to sing this morning is very old. It's I was it's it's a song we sang when I was a child all the time in church, and so I kind of got to thinking about well, you know, how did this song come about? And so I looked it up, and it's written by a man named William, and a, a good Texan would say Cowper, because it's spelled C-O-W-P-E-R, but um, the English apparently pronounced it Cooper. So, um, but anyway, this man had a very troubled childhood. His mother died at the age of six, and so he suffered with anxiety and depression. But as he found himself in an asylum at the age of 33, reading the book of Romans, where it says, For all have sinned, he found Jesus. And out of that, even though he still struggled in his life, the Lord put people in his life. He put a pastor and his wife that encouraged him. And through a series of events, he ends up living right next to John Newton, the author of Amazing Grace, and was pastored by him. And together they wrote, I don't know, 300, over 300 songs that ended up in a hymn book. And 67 of them are the ones that he wrote. And this song is based on Zechariah 13.1, and it says, On that day a fountain shall be opened for the house of David and the, and the inhabitants of Jerusalem to cleanse them from their sin and impurity. The hymn is a meditation on the saving power of the blood of Jesus Christ.
Would you stand and sing with us this morning? 
Yeah, little technical <laughs> difficulties, sorry.
before you this morning. We need you just to say we're sorry for the things that we have put before you. But Lord, it should be all about you. And so Lord, this morning we invite you to examine our hearts. Lord, to help us get rid of the things. You tell us to shake off the things that hinder us from coming to you. And so Lord, today, may that be our heart's desire. And Lord, yet I know that the word says that if you don't draw, no one would come. And so Lord, we are inviting you here this morning to draw us afresh to you in the mighty name of Jesus.
also rejoice in our afflictions, because we know that affliction produces endurance. Endurance produces proven character, and proven character produces hope. This hope will not disappoint us, because God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who was given to us. Romans 5, 3-5.
Thank you. You may be seated. now. Woo, that's it. That's good. Now then, how about the PowerPoint? Is it up and going? Let me try that. I want to make sure I'm, that's working. PowerPoint one, two, three, four. Okay. Hey, uh, good to see y'all. I like y'all. I like this church. Amen. Warm and friendly and family. Don't you love your pastor? Amen. Don't you love Rusty and Deborah? And, uh, you know, I, it didn't hit me till the day that Rusty and my son is the same age. Oh, my goodness, I'm getting old. There we go. I want to make sure this is working. Yeah, that's perfect. All right, because I've got a lot to share with you this morning. Yeah, uh, he and my son are the same age, and so when I retired uh, January of 2021 uh, from the church in Burleson here, it wasn't my son that asked me to be elder emeritus. It was the elders of that church, and that church was started 20 years ago in Keller. And so the elders of that church asked me to come and be elder emeritus. And I thought, well, why not? So it's 40 miles away. How, how many know four miles is a lot closer here than 40? So I, you, you might see me more. Who knows? Because we just live down the road. But anyway... It's good to be here, and uh, I just love the Lord, and I'm honored that uh, the Lord is good to me. My wife and I have been married 52 years. That's Sandy. How many fish? Anybody in here fish? Anybody know of the Ivy Reservoir? Do you know about the O.H. Ivy Reservoir? Anybody? One. Bless you, brother. Well, her father built that. Her father was an engineer, and her father was O.H. Ivy, and he built that reservoir before he passed not long ago. We've been married 52 years. We have three children and nine grandchildren. So uh, I'm. Uh, this is not my first rodeo. How's that sound? That, did that sound boastful? I hope not. Anyway, praise God. I am looking forward to this. What time do y'all let out? Because this is a long sermon. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, this picture in, in 2008, at Southwest Christian Fellowship, we moved into a more permanent place in Burleson. And one of our members, Sharon Shetler, knew a man who did scripture art. And uh, when I saw this uh, framed, I thought, man, I like the looks of that. I, one, of my, one of my careers in the past has been art. I was an art major, a music major, uh, a theologian, anyway. Heinz 57. Anyway, I love that. I love the way it looked, but I loved what it said. 
I thought, what a great lifetime resolution. I, I thought, man, that's a lifetime resolution. Man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. I like that. And I like the way it looked. So we hung that in our foyer until we retired, until I retired. And now, guess where it's at? It's in Keller. <laughs> uh, it's in, that, in our church in Keller now. But there's a little history here. I found out that this was the first question and answer of the Westminster Shorter Catechism. Uh, these words, man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever, was written in 1646, launched the Westminster Shorter Catechism. Catechism. And uh, these words resonate in the halls of Protestant churches like this church for nearly four centuries. Great question. What's a catechism? How many know what a catechism is? All right. A few of you. Well, you make me feel good. I didn't know what it was either. It's a summary principles of Christian religion in the form of questions and answers. In other words, you teach a congregation through questions and answers the scriptures. And my son actually uses shorter catechism to teach his family. So I didn't know that. But this is the one thing I knew. I love this scripture. I love this, what I would call a lifetime resolution. Man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Don't y'all love that? We're going to change it up just a little bit here in just a few minutes. Now, for the rest of the story, though, uh, my, one of my favorite scriptures is probably Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. I love that scripture. And uh, isn't, it, isn't it cool that you can know a scripture and quote a scripture and all of a sudden something new about that scripture kind of jumps off the page? Isn't that cool? Kind of a rhema word. The Holy Spirit illuminates something that you've never seen before. And so it was only about three weeks ago that the Holy Spirit illuminated something on that, script, on that scripture that I'd never seen before. May the God of hope fill you with all, all joy. Everyone say all joy. All joy and say in believing. Say in believing. In believing. So by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Don't you love that? So may the God of hope fill us every day with all joy in believing. Amen. So that, we, by, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, we may abound in hope. So there's the text, and here are the three points for this morning. There is joy in believing. Let's say that together. There is joy in believing. Enjoying the Lord is a number one priority. Number two, it's a joint priority together with each other. And number three, it's an eternal priority forever. So number one, a joint priority. There is joy in believing, and joy in the Lord is the number one priority. It's the chief end. Chief end. Yes, the absolute highest purpose, the thing most valued in of itself. Uno, number one, chief end, most important. The most important resolution you can have in your life is that one. Amen? So it rang true with me, and it rings true with all of us. After all, we sing every Christmas, don't we? Joy to the world, the Lord has come. And as we read, uh, or as we read Luke 2, 10, Fear not, for behold, I bring you great news of great joy. I love joy. I preach about it all the time. Uh, Rusty and, and Deborah follow me on Facebook sometimes. 
I do a Facebook devotional every day. Been doing it for eight years now. And probably my number one subject is probably the joy of the Lord. Don't you love the joy of the Lord? Amen. So, for me, the joy of the Lord was the number one priority. Now, I have to give you a little confession here, a little testimony. Uh, when I was in my 20s, I'm almost 77. Anybody in here older than 70? Yeah, a few of you might, might be. Oh, good to see y'all. <laughs> Anybody older than 77? Well, look at there. All right. I'll be 77 next birthday. Y'all wish me a happy birthday in advance. Amen. Thank you. When I was in my 20s, one of the things that I did was I was a circuit preacher around the Lubbock area. Uh, I would go to different little churches, Littlefield, Floyd Ada, uh, Silverton, Level Land, Kitty Quay. Anybody know where Kitty Quay? Anybody ever heard of Kitty Quay? All right. I was in Kitty Quay, Texas, and preached that morning as a young man. And two or three came to the altar that morning. And I tell you what, it just thrilled my heart. So that Monday, I was working for a man, and I was in my little Ford pickup truck going down the farm-to-market road. And all of a sudden, the cab of that truck just filled up with his presence. And all I could do was laugh. <laughs> I might start laughing this morning. Who knows? Anyway. I just started laughing, and I just enjoyed that and thinking about the Lord and thinking about that Sunday. So that's on my heart. I'll never forget that experience, a laughing in the spirit, you might say, but also not just an experience, but probably number one theologian that talks about joy the most is John Piper on your screen. John Piper probably talks on and written more on joy than just about any other theologian. He wrote the book, The Fight for Joy. He wrote the book, Desiring God. He wrote the book, Good News of Great Joy. He wrote the book, Quest for Joy. So he changed that number one uh, to this. The chief end, man's chief end is to glorify God by enjoying him forever. I like that, don't you? Our chief end, our number one purpose in life is to glorify God by enjoying him forever, starting every day. Amen? Y'all with me? Don't shout me down now. Praise God. So, slide number next. Joy is the clearest witness to the worth of what we joy. Joy is the clearest witness to the worth of what we enjoy. Let's say that together. Joy is the clearest witness to the worth of what we enjoy. That's so true. That's so true. Now, uh, I enjoy my... I'm a car guy. Anybody in here a car guy besides me? I'm a car guy. No car guys. Anybody a tractor guy? Anything? No. Okay, anyway, I'm a car guy. I have a 68 Chevy Impala that I restored about 12 years ago. It sits in my garage on the right side, and my wife is still offended to this morning that that car sits in there and not her Buick. But anyway, I, I like my 68 Chevrolet Impala, but it's not my joy. Joy is the clearest witness to the worth of what we enjoy. Yeah, I enjoy it, but I don't enjoy it nothing like the Lord. In fact, in car shows that I have it entered in, I have a little button in the dashboard, and it says this. Ask me about my first love. Ask me about my first joy. And so hopefully someone will ask me, and I get to witness to them about Jesus. Everybody say amen. So the key to glorifying God is by enjoying him 
forever. And here's what it's all about. It's not a religion. It's about a relationship. It's about a relationship with Jesus. It's about a relationship with the Lord to enjoy Him, Him, Him forever, to enjoy the Lord forever. It's all about a relationship that we get to enjoy the Lord. And so the, the Apostle Paul puts it this way. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I will say, rejoice. Y'all are familiar with that scripture? Do you think he was hard of hearing? You think they were hard of hearing? No, I think he was making a point. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, it's, it's so important. Let me tell you it again. Rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord. So joy is the clearest witness to the worth of what we enjoy. Rejoice in the Lord. I call upon the Lord. It's not rejoicing, and we, I rejoice in Scripture, but make sure we rejoice in the author of the Scripture, the Lord himself. We rejoice in the Lord. Uh, is that the right? Yeah, rejoice in the Lord. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. Delight yourself in the Lord, Psalms 37, 4. Man's chief end is to glorify God by enjoying him forever. Sam Storm says it this way. The ultimate goal of theology isn't knowledge, but worship. <clears throat> if our learning and knowledge of God do not lead to a joyful praise of God, we have failed. That is so true. Now, I love theology. Rusty can tell you that. We get together and we talk about theology. But what we enjoy talking about more than anything is our relationship with the Lord. Amen? We enjoy our God. We enjoy the Lord, and we enjoy him every day. So the question is, is that Lord God the Father? Is that Lord God the Son? Or is that Lord God the Holy Spirit? And the answer is yes. <laughs> the key is the good news. We rejoice in God. Here's the key. Here's the entrance into all of it. Here's the pathway into all of it. Here's the good news. We rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Amen. That's the gospel. Amen. I love it. I love it. Now, one of the words, I'm going to give you a little definition here. It's not on the overhead, but I want to give it to you. One of the definitions, one of the words I love in theology is propitiation. First uh, John 4.10 says this is the love of God, not that we love God, but he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sin. You say, Pastor Bob, what in the world does propitiation mean? So I wrote it in my notes here. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, our Passover lamb, who became sin, who knew no sin, he became our sin. He didn't know sin, but he came your sin and my sin. He took on the judgment of God so that we might not receive God's judgment, but God's unmerited favor as his adopted sons and daughters. Behold the Lamb of God. We rejoice in God, and here the Holy Scripture says, I will be a father to you, and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord God Almighty. Don't you love it? He brought us back to the Father. So we don't receive the Father's judgment, which we deserve, but Jesus became our sin. He knew no sin. He took on the Father's judgment so that we wouldn't receive his judgment, but his unmerited favor as adopted sons and daughters. No wonder J.I. Packer said the gospel is adoption through propitiation. Amen. So Christ redeemed us to embrace us, to reconcile to God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Our highest purpose in life is to glorify God the Father 
by enjoying our Abba forever. Now look, saints, don't you love it when you say the Lord's Prayer and you stop for a minute and you say, Wow, our Father who art in heaven. Amen? Don't you love it that you can call the creator of the universe your Father? Uh, hello, are you all there? Amen? Isn't that wonderful? Just pause there. Just stop. Just say, Our Father who art in heaven. Wow. I get to call the creator of the universe our Father, my Father. Praise God. It's all about a relationship made possible through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Our highest purpose in life is glorify God the Son by enjoying our Savior, our friend, our brother, Redeemer, and Lord forever. What a friend we have in Jesus. Amen. Jesus is all the world to me. My life, my joy. So what a joy it is to enjoy Jesus and to talk to Christ from time to time. How many of you just, just said, I want to talk to Jesus? Amen. I, I want to just talk to Jesus. Ain't nothing wrong with that because we have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And number three, our highest priority in life is to glorify God, the Holy Spirit, by enjoying Him, enjoying His presence, enjoying His leading, His guidance. The time when he makes the scriptures come alive to your heart. That's the Holy Spirit. Don't you love the Holy Spirit? Amen. Amen. So, uh, a scripture about the Holy Spirit that I love in Romans. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to go back into fear or back into religion or back into the law, Paul says. But you received the spirit of adoption as sons and daughters by whom we say, Abba, Abba, Father. There's that word again. So what's the result of all that? Result is, and we become his children. God has sent the spirit of the Son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. Now we're no longer children or slaves, but God's own children, own child. Amen. We're no longer a slave or an orphan looking for love in all the wrong places. Uh-oh, that sounds like a song. We're not looking for love in all the wrong places. We found true love, amen? If you love the Lord and you know that the Father loves you and Jesus loves you, or you get delivered from the orphan spirit. The orphan spirit is always looking for love in all the wrong places. There is a song about that, isn't there? I thought so. Anyway, so here's, now I want to give you a few little funnies, okay? This is just going to be for fun, the next part. It'll, it'll last about two minutes, okay? It'll be all right. So, looking for love in all the wrong places. Here are a few country songs written down, looking for love in all the wrong places. Here they are. You ready? Looking for all love. Here's one. I keep forgetting I forgot about you. Here's another country song. I liked you better before I knew you so well. Here's another country song. My wife ran off with my best friend, and I sure do miss him. Here's one. You, you, you can remember this one. You done tore out my heart and stumped that, stomped that sucker flat. <laughs> You're the reason my kids are so ugly. Her teeth were stained, but her heart was pure. Uh, that's just having a little fun. How many of you know a merry heart does good like a medicine? Amen. Now, B.B. King, on the other hand, 
He had some songs that really had some of those lyrics. I like B.B. King. By the way, I like all music. Uh, I can play a little bit, a little bit of every one of them up here, just a little bit. But I used to be a music major at one time. But B.B. King said this, I gave you a brand new Ford, but you said I want a Cadillac. I bought you a $10 dinner, and you said thanks for the snack. So there is such a thing as looking for love in all the wrong places. But someone on a serious note says, Pastor Bob, you don't understand. And my wife and I know these people. You don't understand. My earthly father didn't love me. He didn't love me. But the scripture says, this is love, not that you love God, 1 John 4.10, but that he loved you and sent his son to be the propitiation for your sins. And you receive God the Father's favor as an adopted son or daughter. He redeemed you to embrace you as a son or daughter. But Pastor Bob, my father was never a father to me. I will be a, and the scripture says, I'll be a father to you and you'll be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. 2 Corinthians 6.18, a favorite scripture of mine. But Pastor Bob, I, I've never felt my father's love. Well, God decided in advance to adopt you in his own family by bringing you to himself through Jesus Christ. Amen? Isn't that good news? This is what he wanted to do. This is what he wanted to do. It gave him great pleasure. Amen? That's grace. That's the gospel. That's the good news. So always, at all times, it's a lifestyle. It's chief end. Next, we talk about a joint priority. May the God of hope fill you all with joy, you all, with joy and peace in believers, so the power of the Holy Spirit, and you may abound in hope. There is joy in believing, rejoicing in the Lord is a joint priority. What do you mean by that? Well, one guy, Jim Wilder, said true joy is found through connection and relationship from his book, The Other Half of the Church. Scripture says in 2 Corinthians 1, 24, not that we lord it over your faith. Now, here's, here's a proclamation, guys, from Rusty and the deacons of this church. Now, listen to what they would proclaim to you, I think. Pretty sure they would. Not that we lord it over your faith, but we are workers with you for your joy, for your joy, for, you are, for your faith, you are standing firm. Amen? And by the way, let me just throw this in right quick while I get a chance. When you take the Lord's Supper, maybe, what do you take, once a month? The Lord's Supper? Once a quarter? Okay. When you take the Lord's Supper, you're just coming to the Lord's Supper and you're saying, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I have a relationship with God the Father. Thank you that Jesus Christ's broken body and shed blood made it possible for me to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Thank you that you made it possible for me to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Thank you. So it is a joint priority. Psalms 34.3 says it this way. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us, let us exalt him together. Exalt his name together. Romans 15.5. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another. Everybody say one another. In accord with Christ Jesus, that together we may with one voice glorify God and the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. Praise the Lord. 
All right. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. There is joy in believing. Enjoying the Lord is an eternal priority. It's a priority number one. It's a joint priority together with each other. And it's an eternal priority. Let me talk about that for just a minute. Man's chief end is to glorify God by enjoying Him. How long? Forever. You have made known to me the path of life. One of my favorite scriptures is Psalm 16, Psalm 1611. I have a men's Bible study that uh, meets every Saturday morning, and we just we just studied Psalm uh, 16. I love it. You have made known to me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. Right there is good enough. But then he says, and then at your right hand, there are pleasures forever. How many, if you're over 75, you start to think about that more than you used to? All you old, all your senior adults say amen. All you young folks say, I don't understand. Probably so. Yeah, we start to think about forever more often. We start to think about going to heaven more often. How many remember no, the church? I started to say the old church. <laughs> Not this church. How many remember we used to sing about heaven a lot? Amen. All right. It's an eternal priority. Pleasures forever. Man's chief end is to glorify God by enjoying him forever. I like mercy me when he thinks about eternity, when he thinks about being with Jesus, when he thinks about to be absent from the body, to be present with the Lord. And mercy me says, I can only imagine. I can only imagine. Surrounded by your glory. What will my heart feel? Will I dance for you, Jesus, forever? Or in all, you be still? Will I stand in your presence forever, Lord? Or to my knees, will I fall forever? Will I sing hallelujah? Or will I be able to even speak at all? I can only imagine. I can only imagine. Well, man's chief end is to glorify God by enjoying him forever. May the God of hope fill you all with joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Here we go. With a living hope forever. Uh, I've had the opportunity to preach lots of funerals in my 50 years of ministry. And it's nothing more meaningful to be there for folks when they've lost loved ones. And probably the number one message at every funeral is the message of hope. But probably my, my, my most favorite scripture on hope is 1 Peter 1, when he talks about our living hope. And I'm going to put it on the overhead for you. Okay, here we go. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. We're talking about eternity now. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, He's caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Here's pleasures forever. To an inheritance that's imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven for you and me, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this <clears throat> we rejoice. In this we rejoice. Though now for a little while, if necessary, we've been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, that perishes though it's tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory 
and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, though we have not seen him, we love him. Though we do not see him now, we believe in him, and we rejoice with joy that's inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of our faith, the final salvation of our souls. Amen? Isn't that good? All right. My prayer for this morning is that each of us make it a top priority to rejoice in the Lord always and again rejoice. As our number one priority, it's the chief end. It's the number one most important priority is to rejoice in the Lord. As a joint priority, together rejoicing in the Lord and as the eternal priority forever. And so the last scripture is what I would call your benediction for this morning. Amen. May the God of hope fill you all with joy, all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may also abound in hope. Now, here's what I'm going to do before we dismiss. There's an outline of this right here, short outline. It's that last, last slide. And there's this outline is on the table. When you leave, if you want to still meditate on some of these scriptures or still meditate on what we've talked about this morning, here's the outline. My prayer for this morning is that each of you make it a top priority to rejoice in the Lord always. And again, rejoice. Man's chief end is to glorify God by enjoying him forever. There is joy in believing. Don't forget, in enjoying the Lord is a number one priority. It's a chief end joint priority together and eternal priority forever may the God of hope fill you all with joy and peace and believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you all may abound in hope and everybody says amen I tell you what we're going to do uh, Dusty I didn't think about this until I came up here but we're going we're gonna to dismiss and those who want to get one of those handouts on the way out you can do that but uh, if you'd like to come up and just talk to me in private and, and want me to pray for you or bless you in any way, I'll be right here. I'll turn the mic off, okay? I promise. I'll turn the mic off. One of the things that I did in my ministry years, at one time I was studying to be a licensed professional counselor. Now, I didn't do that because I was too old, and I ended up being a pastor, pastoral counselor. So I have a little... A little background in that they say it's not my first rodeo so if you would like for prayer or if you'd like to come up and just talk to me in private I'm going to kill this microphone take it off and then you're going to be dismissed is that right Pastor Rusty and uh, so come on up and dismiss them I'm going to turn this off thank you all for having me turned it off he unwired so he thank you bob for for sharing that word with us it's been it's been good to be in the house of the lord today and um if, if you're like me i hope something stuck beyond her teeth were stained but her heart was pure that in the presence of the lord there is indeed fullness of joy so just seek him you can find him wherever you're um, wherever you are and whatever you do just put your heart toward his, he'll, he'll reach back toward you. The worship team is going to lead us in a song when we finish singing. Um,
you'll be dismissed. And just remember, Bob's going to be up here if you want to speak with him. And um, let's stand together and sing before we go. Mm -hmm. Thank you.